Man, you just got castrated. <laughs> Get on your knees. Are we, are we ready now? And is Galen recording for sure? We can't flub this up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Uh, I've fired so many people this month, Mike. Don't 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 think I can't just fire one more. I just uh, I'm already, I'm already on a roll of just new people. Don't make me get a new studio. In this episode of RVA Real Estate Talk, we're going to talk about the five mistakes every investor makes. Nope, let me do it. New investor. <clears throat> In this episode of RVA Real Estate Talk, we are going to dive mother junker. In this episode of our... In this episode! <laughs> like it gets louder. It's like, in this episode! It's like, because last time you're like, you're not excited enough. I, you, you're hitting the excite button. Oh. In this episode of RVA Real Estate Talk, we're going to dive into the five mistakes every new investor makes. You're listening to RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker, your source for an honest, insightful look into Central Virginia's real estate market. Combined, Jared and Galen have over 20 years of experience in real estate, as well as hundreds of testimonials from clients past and present who rely on them for advice and assistance buying and selling a home in today's incredibly hot and competitive housing market. And now, your hosts, Jared Davis and Galen Parker. That's right. I am Jared Davis. And I am still Galen Parker. How you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It's a I'm thousand doing terrible. <laughs> I was trying to Forget bring you, the, Galen. Let's talk about me. There was a lot of harsh energy that was coming in, and I was trying to, like, maybe we can just allay it. Things are not going well for you just today. Generally, in Oof. the big picture, they're going fine. Oof. Tell us what happened. Let's just get it out. Let's put it out in the open. What's well, happening Consider today? we're going to do an, an investor podcast again today. We're talking about five things that every investor does wrong. Um, this is not one of them, but in general, man, contractors are just the worst these days. <laughs> I mean, they are just trying to figure out every way to not do a job, not do it right, still get paid. So yeah, I just came from a, a job. We got four flips going on right this second for uh, that are actually for turn, not the rental side, but just our flip side. And our demo guys have not only demoed the house, but they've just like destroyed the house. Oh, they're demoing. They're demoing. They're, oh, they're just demoing. destroying in the meantime. So they've ripped up our nice wood floors and they've, you know, all of our pipes are clawed. Like the, people just like to create more work. And again, this isn't five mistakes. Maybe this is just like five, a part of There should be five warnings. Galen, there, there, write that down. Five, five warnings. warnings for every new investor. There is like a funny, like just conceptually thing with like the demo guys. It's like, what they do wrong? They demoed too, too much, much. Too yeah, much like, demo. We, I was like, guys, there's a Less limit. Demo. The limit to what you do. Like some uh, demo good. All this demo's bad because now you're costing me money instead of making me money. Yeah, so I am not probably on anybody's favorite list of people this morning after I You're just, on my favorite list, buddy. I cheated a lot of people out this morning. How are you? Let's talk about something happy. Uh, you know what? I'm doing good. Okay. I went by a client's house this morning. We're going to list her house maybe like next week or the week after next. She is just doing the Herculean task of packing everything up. I was there with the uh, U-Haul showed up. I brought her and her sister some Starbucks coffee nice. just to help them get motivated. I yelled at the garbage man for her huh. because actually, you know what? I guess I did yell. So I did shoot someone out today, that. but it was like ineffective because he was just like a garbage man did not care like, at I don't all. Care what you say. It's like we called ahead and was like, "Hey, will you take these five ba bags?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course, just put them out there." And he gets there and he's like, "Yeah, I don't do that." I'm like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't have the capacity." I'm just like, "I forgot. Did we? We didn't talk about that listing yesterday. You didn't throw that in when we were doing all of our numbers. The listing, did you? the one that you're talking about right now. Did I throw that in all we the did numbers? Not, I think you might have put it in the numbers. We didn't talk about the group team because I'm I'm kind of like just act like you've been here before, so I just didn't like say anything. I'm no, I need like, the numbers for our team. I gave I you did. the numbers. Yeah, but I didn't have that in. Long time ago. I didn't have that in. Uh, yeah, so we need to add that in there. So I just booked uh, some uh, pictures with Studio 77 uh, for our possible current studio <laughs> possible. for now. We're firing a lot of people. <laughs> Let's lately. see how this next thirty minutes goes. <laughs> uh, so he, we're on the schedule for that. She's doing like here's the one thing real quick. She's one of the clients that I love to have because we're like, hey, you should do that. She's like, all right, I'm going to do that. It's awesome. And I'm like, hey, you don't really need to do that. She's like, I'm going to do that anyways. I'm like, all right. Isn't it and great? People she's just, just like doing things. She's like texting me like updates and this guy should be doing. They're like when I got there, her contractor was there and her contractor looked like every contractor, which I was like, I smell the beer from here. Um, but they like showed up and I was just like, all right, well. 
hopefully this will go well. And he looked real like confused when he saw me there because he knew I was a realtor. Was well, that this like, morning? Uh, yeah. No. He was just like, because uh, like, starting early. They were supposed, to, yeah, they were supposed to, like finish something. They like rolled up like the pickup truck windows down. They're all like, hey, I was like, all right, here we go. But you know, other than that, great morning. Um, me and another member of our team were pulling a new dynamic duo. So. Uh, listed his house oh, yeah, uh, right. this week as well, so I'll be there. I'm on a goal. <clears throat> I'm trying to do an open house every Sunday for the rest of the year. It's okay. obviously not going to happen. I, I missed last week, so I had to fill in this week. So I'm doing more than this. So I'm, I'm probably going to get like 35 out of 52 is huh. probably what I'm at. But That's So I awesome. got one this week, and then I'll probably have one next week and then the week after next. But I just like meeting new people, and it's it's turned out pretty well so i mean we are on fire right this second as far as like listings coming like we're getting overwhelmed just the few that we have a week but next week i think we've got like 10 lined up and i don't even think we're counting that one so we may have like 11 lined up so at this point we've got i mean goodness gracious 70 76 for the year so what's the craziest offer uh we've been over a hundred thousand over ask on stuff no one offered to buy their next the person's house for them or like they're what they're trying to buy no that sounds good it, it, it's it's so crazy. That's like I heard uh, that was in New York. It's funny, like educating like clients. So like I won one this week at twenty over, and the family I think they were just like oh, 20 overs. And then I like you know bona fide. I need to see the the other. And like they he sent me the the next closest offer. We only won by a thousand bucks. Oh, there you go. I was, yeah. like, I was just like, see, I was like, it's not like we <laughs> overshot the moon. I'm like, we barely won. We yeah. barely won this one. And I think we might have won because it was just like, I was all over him. Just like, hey, buddy. Was that for old MH? It was. Nice. Okay. I like uh, it. Right. Well, you just said, yeah, he answered. No, I was like, that was for BB. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was gotcha. the MH. We were back to the drawing board. Um, I talked to him. He's not, got this a, one's uh, too nice for us. <laughs> he's, he, he's got well, he's got some stuff, but we're, we're back. We're back. So Man. Uh, so that's good, you know. That's an awesome of, year of, so far. You know, we we obviously put these on late, so you see them. You know, who knows how many weeks or a month after you see it. But <laughs> this will be twenty twenty two. No, it's no. We're, <laughs> no, we're doing good. We did good yesterday. It's crazy. Yeah, we're we did we're good funneling yesterday. into like the halfway point of the year, and we're probably going to have close to a hundred done, pretty much, pending and close. So we're we're tracking that two hundred that I keep saying. Trying 200, to serve two hundred families. We're serving two hundred families this year. Let let you you can be one you can call us we normally do this at the end but hey let us let us sell yeah. a house for you we need the inventory we got 10 next week they'll all be sold probably next week then we'll need more anything else that we need to talk about before deep dive oh man well you know we we did um you guys can look forward to seeing we're obviously deep in burgers for food fight oh yeah that's um, right we went to most recently the highest rated one we've ever done mm-hmm. um I am like maybe it's because I'm starving right now, but I could go back there right now. I mean, it was so good. So hats off to those folks. You want to say it? Check out the review that we will have for Cobra 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 Cabana. Uh, Absolutely stellar. Great recommendations. Burgers are massive. Yeah, we like, but we haven't even posted burgers yet. So we're we're literally we're we're finalizing pizza. We're like three in burgers. Yeah, right. Did we get the last pizza one up? I think we posted our very last pizza. You actually did get it. It worked. Remember you having issues? No, we, we're posting our very last pizza today. Everything was like, every time I try to download something from the G Drive, it doesn't work, and then I get to go somewhere. It's just like a nightmare. Studio I don't know if it's, am I right? I don't know if it's the G Drive. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. I don't know what's going on. So that the very last one will go up probably like today or tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yeah, the burgers one's great. And then we're going to do tacos. So for burgers so far, we've done Luther Burger. We've done Luther Burger. We did Burger Batch. Burger Batch. We did Cobra Cobra Cabana, Cabana. which was awesome. Not the same as Cobra Burger. Which is also good, but not the same. Not the same. And then what else do we have for burgers? What are we thinking? We talked about maybe the grill at Waterford, possibly. Mm, What's the really fancy one that we talked about where you guys were going to Oh, and they have a new burger on the menu. Yes. Mike, Mike, Mike. They have two burgers on the menu now. Both are going to have to dress up. I mean, I ate there the other day. Uh, I was us. not dressed up. I was, yeah, in, like, uh, I was in my nice, like, Hawaiian. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking tie, bow tie. Not whatever. doing that. No. <laughs> Have you ever been to a restaurant, Mike? <laughs> 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 <The> maitre d'? <laughs> yeah, I don't dress uh, like that to Ruth Chris. Uh, yeah, so actually, we should do Brenner Pass Maybe that would be, like, the last one. Ooh, man. And the, but, again, they have two now. One's I think, is, like, a double patty. So, obviously, patty. you'll get one, and I'll get the other yes, one. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Right. And we can just, like, <laughs> we can, uh, like, Lady in the Trampet. We can, like... <laughs> 
feed each other yeah. <laughs> and twine our yeah. arms oh, as we do it. Oh, Mike's like, can I be excused from this table? As just you film. <laughs> Keep it rolling, Mike. All you do is just record, Mike. Don't you turn off the camera. <laughs> That's right. We need to do that again. That's like, uh, I don't know, you guys don't remember that show, like the band, like Puff Daddy oh, had yeah, like a real yeah. issue. There was like an, there was an incident on the show and he like looked at the camera and he's like, don't you ever stop rolling. And I think about that every time something's going on, he's like, don't you ever turn off that camera because he was like, this is goals. That's hilarious. And then we're going to do tacos. So tacos is gonna be a tacos. Big one. I'm excited about because uh, I want your recommendations, but I don't even care because I've already eaten so many. I think tacos. we might do something special for tacos. Maybe we huh? should like bring. You know what Guests? we should do? Bring client, okay, former client, okay. Bring them on like each one for a, for a taco. That's, thing. An That's a good idea. idea. Yeah, and then just be like, hey, client appreciation. We also want to feature you on and just get That's their perspective. Idea. So Robert Beardsley would be good for that. Robert Beardsley will be good. And I uh, yeah, no, Beardsley's definitely listening. I know you're listening. Beardsley's like, uh, what's with the episodes? You guys got to bring some more. I'm like, sorry, sir. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's up on it. I love it. Yeah, so tacos. I mean, eta, I'm just going to throw out recommendations right now. Etamama. Oh, Taco man. Bell. Okay. No, we'll let Galen pick one, then I'll pick one. And Galen pick one, then you can skip his, then you can do mine. Remember, like Burger King when they made the taco? I'm like, well, Burger King. Yeah. Like... TBT Tacos. All right. That place now they've got an actual location. They're not just a pop up anymore. Do we do Ensuboka? Um, probably, but I haven't been to Ensuboka. Oh no, no, no! I hate Ensuboka. Ah, oh, sorry. I, that's sorry, Ensuboka. Your tacos just aren't that good. They're not. And we're, and we're and staying then... away from tra- chains like Rusty Taco. Yeah, Rusty Taco isn't very good either. We got a re- we got a review mm. that they did not like it, and the review was from like uh, <laughs> it was not enjoyed. Actually, I got two people that told me they didn't like it. Yeah, so so uh, Etamama, TBT Taco. Um, what's the one that's down in the bottom? That's the one that I was saying. Insuboke is not good at all. I've been there. Uh, and sorry, Insuboke. I'm sorry. And then we did that other one that was the Taki era, like whatever the one that me and you had. Yes, we went there like the other week, and we were not happy with not that one either. Good. Is there a local food truck that's just taco only? I'm sure there is. Oh, there's one on Jeff. There's a. Maybe pl- we should hit a, a food truck. We could do that. There's also a good. There's film. a taco place on Jeff Davis. That's like like. You know, there's a, I don't know if it's still open. There was a one on Staples Mill I think that like, was phenomenal, and it definitely made me feel like I walked into like a barrio in like Mexico. So we're gonna do the it Jeff Davis like one, half restaurant, half store. It was awesome, but I don't know if they're still open. There's there's La Milpa, La Milpa. It's been a while since I've been. What's the one that's actually in the bottom on 17th in the farmers market right there? That's like right near Hot Chick. Um, I don't know. If you guys know, let us know. Yeah, let us know. But that's four right there. So yeah, still only need, yeah. and then we don't need Enzuboka. <laughs> They're not listening. It's okay. <laughs> I would just like to make I would a actually quick love message it. to Enzuboka. I would actually love uh, if we had that many <laughs> listeners, right? They're like, I'm starting getting like hate mail from Enzuboka. People were like, how dare you? We do get like hate mail, but it's not from the actual like restaurants. It's like from people. It's like, I love that place. That, that like, pizza I'm, was great. The yeah. best. Wait till you see the last pizza one we put up. I was laughing my head off last night with that because Game was like, it's pretty good. And I'm just like, I'm like trying to salvage. I'm trying to salvage. I'm like, you know, you know, it's got some potential. And Jared's like, this is trash. And I'm just like, is this well, the one out in the parking lot? Yep. Yeah, uh, they've all been in a parking lot, I think. But I should, we know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but that one, yeah. And he like, actually came out. And was like, hey, he's I, like, hey, how's it going? We're like, oh, I was like, good, wonderful. Thank you for making this. I like, Maybe. I'm trying to like, like, good guy, good cop, awful cop. Uh, I'm like, hey, you know what? Forever. I keep my integrity but in my reviews. They're actually, it's actually getting pretty interesting when they see me with the camera coming to the restaurant. Things start to happen a little bit for us, a little bit better. They give us the, free things, like sometimes. Luther Burger. They give yeah. us free donuts. Yeah, that was good. We should just so. carry. Let's bring your camera whenever you come with us. We'll just try to get some free stuff, no matter what we're doing. Hey, you know what time it is? All right, so we need to Deep dive. We, we need Deep to put some time. sunglasses on for this one. Okay. Does All the right. lights are so bright? I All right, time for the deep dive. What do you got night. for us, Mike? Give us your give us your playlist. All right. Okay. Everybody wants to party. I don't hate it. It's like it sounds like LMFAO. Everybody wants to party. Okay. okay. About to change. All right. This has been my favorite one so far. Alright, I'm gonna take these off so I can see. Fade me out, Mike. Give me the deep dive. When it faded right this time, look at this. Nice. Everything's going well done. Oh, man. It's so, almost like we're a professional company. What's our deep dive today? Uh, 
Today, we are going to talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts. And it's going to be the five Cinco mistakes that new investors, new real estate investors make. We're trying to save you some time and some money. So we're going to give you some information that we hope that will help you in the long run. We know it has helped us. And so we want to share our wealth. We're sharing the wealth. We're like philanthropists. We're giving back to the yeah. kids. Yeah, I'm trying to save myself time, too. Yeah. These, uh, we can save all of us some time and heartache <laughs> If we can have money. this conversation now, we don't have to have it later. You can listen right now. At what right point do we, can we just send someone a link to the podcast when they ask us like a bunch of questions? Probably like, five, hey, you know time, five times a week. Set, just, five times a week I can send this so, to somebody. I was right. texting somebody till like 1130 the other night on all of the same stuff. Like everything they're about to go over. I was just like, how much money do you want to make? Uh, have you done this before? Have you done it? And then by the end, I think they were like, Hey, we'd like a different area and a different agent. And I was like, great. I think we've we've established that you're not made you're not you're not here made for this here. Go, go for so number one mistake that new investors make is number one. Poor expectations. expectations. Their expectations are are way off. And so uh, we'll give you an example right. of, of what I what I mean. A perfect example of a of a, a new investor's expectation is how much they want to make on said investment. But Jared, I want to make eighty thousand dollars. Um, where are you finding this house, Galen? Uh, well, I don't know. Is it an MLS? Did did I send it to you in a listing? Hey, what's the MLS? Are there? Oh my god, the multiple listing service. Got it. Did I set up a home search for you? Did you see it on a website? Are there eighty five showings set up between now and Sunday? You're probably not going to make eighty to a hundred thousand dollars off of this flip, right? Very good, and that's that's a good point. That I, I, I we're meeting with someone who he's 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 done his flips, and he actually said the same thing. He was like, "Listen, by the time it gets to the MLS, I'm already competing with people. So if you're com- if you're competing with others, your margins need to what? They need to be smaller. But here's the thing." Depending on how much you spend, see, you could be listening to this in Hawaii or the Philippines or Texas or California, and y'all's prices could be vastly different than they are here in Richmond, Virginia. But if you're looking in Virginia, or at least central Virginia, sure. what you realize is that the average flipper is probably only spending about 100 to 200 on their average flip property. It's not to say that some areas they may not get it for a little less, maybe 60 70 80 Some areas more. We've spent 300 plus on two flips in the last... I don't know, month and a half, something like that. So it can be done, but the problem is that, yeah, if you were to put a million dollars out on a property and put $300,000 into it, maybe you'd be trying to make six figures on it, right? (laughs) But if you contact me on a house that's $120,000 and you want to put in an offer for 80 so that you can try to make 80 or 90, Right, that uh, that just doesn't make any sense. Right, right. It's so it's a poor expectation. So what you either need to do is adjust your expectations. What can I actually make? And I've even watched. I mean, lately these flips on market have been going to the point where I don't even see how there's any margin in it's it. Like, how are you doing? This? Yeah, like they're underwater in my book when I look at it, and I'm saving on realtor fees. But at the end of the day, I think people are willing to take sometimes 15,000, 20,000 in profit on a flip to keep the the thing moving, right? Mm -hmm. Because either inventory is low, this is what they do for a living, they've got crews that they've got to keep busy, right? They just need to keep a deal going or they've got nothing going. So they say, fine, I'll take 10, 15, 20,000. On average, I personally like to make anywhere from 35 to 40,000, 45 on average. But most of my deals are not from MLS. We've gotten one from MLS this year. But if you go to, say, a wholesaler or you go to something off market or someone calls you or you, you drive for dollars or dial for dollars or you're mailing out letters, maybe you can be the first one in and you can get your margins. But you have to make sure your expectations are in line with the market and the amount of money you're spending. And, and we're talking big on, on flips right this second, but I said five and five and six investors make, so it could even be a rental. Because we've also had people that say, well, I just need to make ten to $15,000 a month <laughs> on rentals. And we're like, how much do you have to spend? And they're like, about 150000 And I'm like, so you want 120% return on investment per year? Right? You want like, 10% cash on cash a month. That's amazing. Because most investors <laughs> yeah, most investors are going to take 10% cash on cash annually, right? 10 to 15 would be a pretty good annual. So that's the other thing. And, and, and then when you hamper their expectations, 
you know, sometimes they get angry or sometimes they're like, well, I don't like what this guy has to say. We're just trying to save you the heartache of going around to a bunch of realtors until you find that one that says what you want to hear it's, and then waste everybody's time. It's so much easier, I would imagine, if you just tell people what they want to hear. And it's just to me, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Then it's oh, just like, sure. but it's just I like, a it's a, such a, yeah, it's like such a disservice. I was talking to someone this week. Um, there was a opportunity. The ARV looked great, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, you're going to make some money on it if you, you know, bid correctly. So they're like, well, this is what I want to pay. Is this worth it? And I was just like, you know what? I could tell you, yes, but honestly, it's not going to be worth it. And they were like, are you sure? And I was like, yes. And I could feel there's a measure of trepidation in their voice. And I was like, trust me, I know you don't want to hear this. It's like, but it's just not going to be worth even writing it up. And so they were like, all right, well, let's just cancel the showing. So I was like, no, I totally get it. And then like later, they were like, can we still see it? And I'm like, it's already booked up. And then finally, I, I found out kind of the number. I was able to circle back with them like, hey, listen, this is the number which was about $100,000 more than what you wanted to pay. <laughs> yes. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't making it up. I was yep. like, we'll, we'll, 30 days from now, we'll finally close out and see what it is. I was like, but, you know, sometimes it's just like, you, you don't want to be the bad guy, but you also want people to be like, hey, I want, it's like if you go to the bank and they're like, oh, we can give you a loan. And they like drag you around for a couple of months. It'd be nice if they'd be like, we can't give you a loan. And you're just like, all right, close the door and move on with your day. Well, and part of the expectation then isn't even just how much they want to make, but even how much you want to pay, because that's the other thing. Again, I've had no less than three direct different people this week that I've never spoken to, I've never had a conversation with about what it takes to be an investor, whether they're an investor, whether they're qualified, whether they have money, just straight messages that say, hey, put in an offer on this house for X amount of dollars. $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 under ask. So their expectation is that they can go out in this market and offer a bunch under ask, but that's just not the case. So they need to have the expectations about what they're going to make, but also what they need to offer to actually win a house. One quick thing I was just thinking about, just just to piggyback on the expectations. Also, and we didn't even mention this, know you're in a competitive market. And I think that's kind of one of the... That'll... Allay some of those like low ball offers because I was talking to the lady earlier and I was just saying like, yes, you are an investor. Yes, this is a price, but you're competing with other flippers who also know their numbers, who also have the expectations. So it's like, you know, you offering cash. That's not unique. You offering a two week close. That's not unique. Yeah. So this is like you offering it before they, you know, their response deadline time. I'm like that's also not unique. Yeah. Like every other person is doing that. So that's another little piggyback. Yeah, for sure. Because people will be like, well, let's just get the offer in now and see. And then you put it in, and there's like, we already have, like, I always love that when they're like, hey, if you could just move up your consideration period, we'll get ours in now. And you're like, I already have six in now that are waiting for the consideration period. So if I consider yours now, I'm still considering yours and six more. I might as well just wait the 48 hours (laughs) for the other 10 that are going to come. So these are all financial expectations, but let's talk a little bit about time expectations for, in this instance, let's talk about a flip, not a rental, but a flip. Like, well, this is that's. Are we going into a mistake? Because that's number five. If you're <laughs> that's actually right, yeah, going to go right. into we'll, it, we'll, we'll we'll save that expectation because okay. that's a big one. Because it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's got to wrap everything out. So number two, if we're going to move on from expectations, yeah. right? Your number two mistake is knowing your numbers. Now, this is going to be hard for any new investor because if you've never done it before, what do you have to base it on, right? Mm -hmm. All you can really do is try to get help and figure out or get contractors to quote. But uh, again, we could kind of go back to an expectation. Some new investors expect that contractors are going to just do whatever they need them to do and come out and give quotes on houses before they ever put an offer in. What they don't realize is that there's a million investors out there that wish the same thing and contractors have learned, you're not going to get this house right? Most likely you're going to write a junkie offer, not going to get it. Somebody else is going to get it. I'm not going to go quote 19 jobs that you don't even own the house to yet. So for us, we don't have a contractor step foot on a property until we close on it. That's me personally. A lot of people may want to actually get a contractor in once they get under contract with an inspection, right? If they have any kind of period. And that's usually like that. To me, I see those. I'm like, this guy's got to be a family member or a family friend or something. Yeah, most flippers aren't doing inspections. We know what we're looking at. We walk in. You know, what are we going to do? Make sure the the appliances work. I'm going to rip the appliances out. I don't care. Like, I want to look at these floors. I'm like, I'm going to destroy those floors and that wall's not going to be here. My demo guy's going to destroy everything all around you heard our intro (laughs) (laughs) one if you heard our intro you know what the demo is going to do but also if you can kind of 
contractors, they're extremely busy. Mm-hmm. And not all contractors, obviously. Let's qualify that. But some qual- contractors <laughs> are not as reliable as you might like. Not all contractors. Some are pristine quality. Hey, SOS but, out there. If any contractor's not busy and you're listening to this, please call me. I'll give you plenty of work. Because that's, the, the that flip been, side is, why are they not busy? Well, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> they just know. got fired from like another job. I, yeah, <laughs> Someone else fired them. They're like, hey, I got all the free time. I lost all of my jobs. <laughs> yeah, so knowing your numbers, though, right? Because here's the thing. Again, right yeah. I, I cannot stress this enough. The amount of people that contact us daily and just throw a number out on a house, it boggles my mind. I, I, it's like me going on Auto Trader, I feel like, and just like every Ferrari and Lamborghini that's available, I just message the dealer and I'm like, cash offer 40000 Cash offer 40000 And I'm like, what are you, you It's it's got to take you some time to do this. And like, do you just think someone's going to come back and be like, great, we actually, this was. Did you say cash? Did you, but that's what happens. And I don't understand, like you don't. Do you think it's a 10 year behind like mentality? No, I think it goes back to the expectations. That's why I put that first. Their expectations are, I don't have to offer ask or again, they don't know their numbers, so they just, and again, this is where I start to try to figure out, is it because you wanna make 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, $100,000, and you figure, well, if I just lowball this much, and it's and they're asking this much, like I can't go wrong, the, even if I don't know my numbers yet? And they're basing it off of the money that they have, so it's kinda like, I got $10 in my wallet right now, and I'm like, well, $10? The worst you can say is no. Yeah, that's true, but you know, it's gonna be realistic. But when you said the thing about the Ferrari, I thought about, uh, a uh, buddy of mine, he drives like a really dope G wagon, uh-huh. and he like came back to his car, and there was like a note on the car, and the guy was like, "I'll like, give you." A it was a price, and it was like cash. And my buddy like took a picture, and was like, "Are you kidding me?" He was like, "One, do you not know how, how much, much was it? Can you do you know? I forgot. I would what it love was. to know because the G wagon is like two hundred thousand dollars. It was not. Plus. It was not. I mean, like, and his is a nice one. Like, it's like featured in like AMG's Instagram and stuff <laughs> like that. And it was like not like close to it. And, like my buddy was just like, I mean. Hats off to you for shooting your shot. But he's like, <laughs> but come on, man. He was like, what are you doing? He's like, one, you can't even get them right now because there's like a backlog. Yeah. And he was like, they go for more. Yeah if, you, yeah. if you get one, you can actually sell it for over sticker probably. But I think that guy's the same guy who's like, has the investments. He's like, I mean, let me just put the note out there and see what happens. But it's it just like, shows it's just a lack of knowledge. So again, we're not here to put anybody down. We're here to hopefully give you that knowledge, right? I mean, this goes across the board for anything you want to buy. Absolutely. I mean, the GT3 is the same thing. I'll like pull up in my GT3. People are like, man, what a depreciating asset that is and i'm like dude it's worth forty thousand dollars more than i paid for it six months ago right like they they they, they can't comprehend they're like oh you drive something off the lot it loses money because they don't know the market right so houses are the same thing right you have to know your numbers you have to know what stuff is going to cost you and again are you factoring everything in we already know that people are expecting to make more than they're going to make but then as it starts to dwindle down and they say all right well let me start to commit are they actually doing their numbers right on how much the contractor is going to cost, on what their closing costs are going to cost? Heck, even I get it wrong sometimes. I just closed on one over in Woodlake, <laughs> and I normally factor in about five grand, six grand in closing costs on the buy and the sell if it's cash, if I don't have mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff involved. My closing cost just for the buy was almost $8,000. <laughs> Well, there's just like uh, there's an eight hundred dollar capitalization fee with the HOA, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's like fifty percent of what my closing costs would have been on the back end, just in like an HOA fee where they're like, "Welcome to Woodlake." I'm never moving into Woodlake, but I got to pay this eight hundred dollar fee, right? My title insurance is now more because I paid three hundred and you know thirty thousand or three hundred twenty thousand for this house rather than a normal flip that's say one hundred and fifty or two hundred, right? So now your title insurance goes up, everything exponentially goes up, your taxes go up. But now we know for the future. I probably need to ramp up about three, four, five thousand dollars in closing <laughs> costs when I do the estimates, right? So that's that's something that people need to figure out. And again, if you've never done it before, you may not know what it costs to close. You may not even know what title insurance is. I find right? that that's the biggest one. The closing costs. Uh, yeah, people like don't understand like, yeah, like you. But I was like, yeah, but you know, you got your closing costs, you get your title. You cl-, and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. And I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, you can't just uh, same thing with cars. So they're throwing the dealer like. Um, Paperwork fee or something like that. Well, those people are scumbags. Realtor like. realtor fees on the back end, right? You got six percent on that back end that you got to account for. Yep. They don't account for a lot of times like insurance and utilities and things like that that are running the whole time. Maybe they think of a dumpster charge, one, or maybe actually most people don't even think about it. Yeah, I was but then no you're 
like, but sure. then like you figure like, oh, well, this is what it's all going to cost. You're like, what's it going to cost to destroy everything and get rid of it? And they're like, oh, I didn't think about demo. Demo and, and then it's like, all right, well, what about what are you going to? How are you going to haul away? Like, oh, oh, I may need a dumpster. All right, well, what's a dumpster? All right, four hundred bucks, great, four hundred bucks. Well, do you need two dumpsters? How big's your house? How big is house? Yeah, because I've I've filled multiple dumpsters over our last couple of jobs, right? And then even overages, they only let you put in, you know, three tons or four tons or whatever it is. So then you get a nice little invoice later that says, hey, you own an extra four hundred and fifty bucks, four hundred bucks, because you went over your weight limits in the dumpster, right? So all of these things, and I really hope we have a lot of new investors that are listening to this, because like this is the kind of stuff that just hits people and they think wow this is definitely stuff i never thought about but it's that kind of stuff that adds up and then puts you over budget yep because you say oh well i got i know what floors are going to cost i'll over i know what a roof's going to cost it's the I know that, things that's it's that, a, yeah, yeah like hey do you need new hinges on your doors to match the new knobs you want to buy right oh well, you just dropped 300 bucks on hinges your hardware and, and doors for hardware right i mean all of those little idiosyncrasies lights look in your crawl space that's, that's advice I can give everybody because I've ripped out so many joists in so many houses. I mean, it just I went 7000 over budget on one. I was just talking about that this morning. A client was saying that uh, she had like a leak and it was like from her um, chimney. And she was like, yeah, we pulled it where it was all rotted. And she was like, yep. I had to waste it. I was like, yeah, we, we know that. I was like, we want to replace like all of the joists. All like, of just, them. Ground up, everything's brand and new. And lumber's up 200%, PVC is up, HVAC is up. So that's the other thing, is even if you knew your numbers and maybe you flipped something a year ago, are they current, right? So knowing your numbers is key because not only do you need the right expectations, but you want to be able to pencil in numbers to have a pretty good idea of what you're actually going to make on this thing. All right, so number three. Source of funds. Source of funds. Where are you getting that money from? This is crucial. You got cash? You got hard money? Can you just get a residential loan? Why not, Jared? Why can't I just get a residential loan for this third home? What's <laughs> the issue? The third. What's well, the issue? Well, one, you're not going to live in it, so they're not going to give you a standard loan, right? You yeah. could do an investment loan, but then you have to have... Oh, man, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it when I was doing this because a lot of investors are like, oh, I have the 20% or whatever. But sometimes we get calls from people that are like, oh, no, I mean, I can just go get like a 5% down conventional loan, right? And it's like, no, man, an investment loan, typically you're looking at at least 20% down. So even if you could get a loan, we'll still get calls that say, hey, I've got 20% down. I just go loan the whole thing out, right? And I'll get my reno money and all that. No, you need your reno money, right? So you need your down payment money. You need your reno money. You need your closing cost money. And all of that factors in. Then sometimes they think, well, can I just do a renovation loan? Well, you can but they think that the bank's just going to stroke them a check at closing and they're going to go do their reno, but they don't. The bank actually wants you to go out and get you know three different quotes from three Class A contractors on every little thing. Sometimes they want to see the business plan. They also want to see Man, the plans for the they house. they dictate everything, and it's a pain. And then your interest rate's higher and everything else. And then if you're not going to hang on to the house, then you do all these closing costs, and a lot of banks don't want to run it if it's not a house that they're going to live in or rent. If it's something they just want to flip, most of the time they don't want to do a standard loan like that. Then you can start looking into credit line loans with banks, which which real banks can do. They will do it. It's pretty neat. They'll do some lower interest-only things, but they still have to appraise, and they still have to run through a closing process, and it's still a layer that a lot of people that are selling don't want to deal with when they're right. dealing with the investors. So that leaves us with really two options, Galen. What are they? So you can either do cash or uh, the big one that most people don't know about because they don't know how to get access to it is hard money. Yes. And so what is hard money? So hard money is a loan from a non-conventional lender. Yes. So you pretty much have private investors out there that say, hey, we've got a fund with $30 million or, hey, we got a million bucks, a couple million bucks, five million bucks, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands even if maybe they're smaller. But they say, we'll give you this money on interest only payments that you can pay back on these terms. Right. Here's the thing. You typically have to pay anywhere from 1% to 2% upfront at closing to this lender on whatever the loan amount is. So let's say you take 200 grand. Well, there's 4,000 bucks typically that you're going to give to that guy the second you close. Then, starting the month after, your payments are going to start. Most of the time, it's going to be about a 10% interest rate annually, and it'll be an interest-only payment. Let's just round up to 12 because it'll make it easy. That's 1% a month pretty much that you're paying, and now you're paying... $2,000 a month in payments. So 
the thing with that is that you have to try to factor that in. This so goes the first back. two months, you're already basically six grand out straight to the heart money. Yep. And so now we factor back into number two on not knowing your numbers. And if you went and got this money and didn't realize how much it was going to cost you, you can eat into profits very, very fast. You also need to be upfront with your realtor and everybody involved on what you're doing. Because if you don't tell me and then you want me to run your numbers and give you profit margins and everything else, I want to be able to factor in how much this hard money is going to cost you. I, I will do cash. I will do hard money. I also have private credit lines that I own that are like a lesser percentage, but they're not necessarily my cash, but they're not somebody else's cash. Um, I have to factor all that in. Right, we've got four flips going right now. One's hard, three are cash. Those three that are cash, I know. Hey, I don't have to worry about a monthly interest payment. You know what I mean? So I can factor that in. If it takes a little bit longer, not as big of a deal. Because that's a big thing. Because it really affects like your timing too. Because it's like, which is number five still. <laughs> yeah, don't like, jump into it yet. I was like, that man, like nothing's gonna make you angrier when you're paying for money that's like someone else's money. You're just like, oh my goodness. Oh, and it does. I had one that one in Rosewood. It was ten months. It took us to turn that house around, and it was it was hard. So literally, the amount of cost I budgeted forty five thousand dollars for that job. It cost me almost $90,000 when it was said and done. Mm -hmm. One, hard money costs. It was about six more months than I anticipated. Two, cost of general had gone up. Three, all of the joists in the house were bad. I bought it while I was in Asia. basically made out of paper mache. Yeah, I was in Asia when I bought the house. Never looked at it. Uh, It came back, you know, I came back in once they started and just the whole back of the house was, there's just a hole. The kitchen was just dirt. I was like, okay, well, I guess we're rebuilding everything. I remember when that picture came through. I was like, (laughs) tell me what you're looking at. Yeah, it's like, guess what you're seeing. I was like, like, did we buy a sandbox? (laughs) What is this? Yeah. We're putting a sandbox in the kitchen. I was like, ooh, this will be nice. All the trees. Yeah, and I had all these trees in the backyard. I mean, yeah, it was just not knowing the budget. I love the neighbors. They're like, we're so happy you guys got done that, Jerry. Oh, man, they were so cool because I took down their fence. It wasn't even my fence. I just thought it was because it was literally on my house. But the property line was lit. My house is actually probably five inches over the line, but it was their fence. And so I had to put that back, and they were cool. The trees had to come down. One tree guy cut his leg open, was like, I go to the hospital. Uh, I'm like, you just better be back. And he was like, you think you can give me some more money? And I was like, what? (laughs) Why would I give you more money? I was like, you didn't finish, and you cut your. Aren't you insured? Who's going to clean up all this blood? Yeah, didn't you say you were insured? What is going on? So so your source of funds could be key because of all of this. Because one, if it's cash and then you go over budget, do you have the money to finish this off, right? If it's not and it's hard money and you pull the hard money, but you don't pull enough and then you run out, right? You could risk them taking your house with whatever money you put down. Mm-hmm. Some hard money guys, they may want 10, 15, 20% down still, but then they'll give you the rest. Some may want 10 or 20, 15% down and they want you to pay for the reno cost still. So you're still going to need some cash, right? Some may just want you to pay closing costs. Everyone is different. If you wanted me to break down who I have and how we could help, like you're welcome to reach out to me and I'll, I'll, I'll break it all down on how it all works. But everyone's different. And a lot of them depend on how reliable you are, right? This isn't a conventional bank. They're not like, let me check your credit and make sure you pay your bills. They're like, how much money do you have and can we trust you, right? Yeah. So for me, like we've had up to almost three or four million dollars out hard at one point a couple years ago (laughs) those people trust us right like if if i don't have anything out and they've given me millions of dollars and i call them and say i need a quarter of a million they're they're gonna send it you know they don't necessarily ask a ton of questions but you've never done this before just it's the same thing as if you go to a normal bank you know they may not want the same stuff but they want to know can they actually trust to give you this money and that you know your numbers, yeah, and that you know like your if, expectations. If you approach a hard money lender and they sense that you don't know your numbers, you're not getting money. They're, they're going to be like, uh, yeah, you know, this is really not a great opportunity for us right now. So it's like you need to arm yourselves. And if you've already spoken to someone who knows that's going to help you, because they're like, oh man, this guy's really—he's done his homework, he's done his research, he's really looked at—he he's got proper expectations, and so that's that'll it. that'll save you money and give you opportunity. It'll save you and make you money. Cut write that down. Safety, save you, save you, make you, save you, make you. All right, Mike, you're hovering. Do you need to like pause something and reset? Samu, just, just oh. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, got it. No worries. Just making sure you're good. Making sure we're good. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's the biggest thing is your source of funds, and I, I mean, we could probably break down. That could be a whole podcast almost on how to acquire and what to do and how to how to calculate. But it really is crucial because. You know, it's almost like uh, Grant Cardone said something funny I listened to the other day. We'll ask our clients sometimes, like, well, how much money do you have? And they're like, well, that's kind of private. I don't want to tell you that. And it's like, dude, we can't help you unless you tell us how much money you have. And they're like, yeah, I don't really want to tell you about that. And it's like, look, the IRS knows how much money you have. 
do you like the IRS? They're like, no, I hate the IRS. And you're like, all right, so on a scale of IRS hate and me, me yeah. where am I in that line? Am I am I as high as the IRS? Am I lower? Okay, so you like me more than you like them, and you'll tell them how much money. Can you just tell me how much money you have so that we can get this crap done, right? It's not rocket science. <laughs> this is a, another side note, but Grant Cardone had me like cracking up the other day because they were talking about like, you know, guy was like, you know, you're doing such a great job and servicing your companies, your, your customers. He was like, is that your main priority? He's like, no, I care about me more than everything else. He's yeah. like, I care about me, I care about the deal, and then I care about the clients. And I was just like, that makes sense. Like, if I don't care about those first two, my clients are going to hate me if I don't care about myself or the money. And I was like, huh, that's a very good. He was like, that's a very real thing. He was like, if I don't want to make money yeah. for myself, I'm definitely not going to make money for them. Oh, the whole EXP conference that he did <laughs> and, and Cabo, he talked about that same thing. He was like, I don't even care about my wife in this. He's like, I care about making me money, and she's going to benefit. My kids are going to benefit. Like, my, but he's like, like, this is a family business. He was like, it all, yeah, he was like yeah. they're going to benefit. It was pretty good. Yeah, he actually was like a pretty good thing. He's like, money doesn't make you happy. He's like, no, it doesn't make you happy. He's like, that's the problem. They put these two things together. He's like, I'm not thinking about being happy when I'm going to get money. I'm thinking about getting money. <laughs> he's like, that's what I'm thinking about. I don't the happiness. He's like, put those is, in separate jars. He's like, yeah, they're two totally separate things. He's like, I don't, I don't base my money on happiness, and I don't base my happiness on money. He's like, two separate things. So, you will fail every time if you do that. Exactly. Things. So so costs, so source of funds, that's the biggest thing. We want to figure out. We can help you. We can connect you to banks if you need credit lines, if Got you it. want to go the conventional route, if you want to just go like a like an actual bank but actually just run a line instead of a rehab loan. I can break down that stuff for you and how the so interest rates work. Know cost Hard you. money, cash. Again, the expectation of how much cash you actually need. Again, we get so many calls. Hey, I've got 30, 40, 50 grand. What can I do with it? Well, you could do a lot with it, but we have to structure it right. So you need to talk to us, and we'll help you structure it. That brings us to mistake number four, which ties into number three heavily. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I oh, mean, there's almost, but number four. It is different because one, yeah. number three is the mistake the of them not knowing how I'm getting my funds. Number four, you have to, <laughs> their mistake is the cost of How funds. much these funds are going to cost you. Money yeah. costs money. A hundred percent. Money's money's expensive. Yeah. So so people just think it's just easy. They'll give me some money. I'll pay some low payments. This or that. But the cost of the funds is crucial because if you don't have the cash, then everything else is going to cost you more money. But that goes all the way back because now if I'm expecting to pay the same amount as someone that's paying cash, right? Mm-mm. That guy isn't factoring in hard money costs, right? Yeah. So if he's got all these bank costs, or he doesn't part- have that ten percent annual that he has to worry about that he's paying every month, That's or it. that upfront bump, or whether it's you know fifteen percent, or if it's just like a low, it's like. He's 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 off. He's like, yeah, I already got money. I don't need that. That's it, right? So that that's so huge to think about because, because he knows his numbers. Let's let's take this natural progression, right? I hope everybody's been following along. So that's the thing that you have to keep in mind, right? Is these people have the expectations. So if your expectations are off and you don't know your numbers and you're just now figuring out your source of funds and you don't factor in the cost of those funds. Where are we going to end up? Either not getting a house or getting a house where you make no money or maybe you lose your house or you owe money. And that is not a place you want to be. It's not a business plan that you want to be like, well, I've got the house, but now I'm losing money. It's like, now you just took on an extra expense. And inevitably, I've always, I've been on the realtor side many times where the client calls, he's finally done with his house. And he's like, man, we really, we're going to have to raise the price, right? I've comped it. I've done my job. I told him what it could sell for. I told him what he should put into it. I've given him everything that he needs for me. And now I'm ready to do my part, but now I can't do my part right because this house that I told him was worth 250, he now wants 284 because he blew over on everything else. I didn't realize it was going to take me this long, and I didn't realize it was going to cost me this much, and I didn't know I needed this, and I didn't know this was bad, and now you need to go out. Expectations are off. And now my expectations are that you're a great realtor, and you can get me $30,000 more than I deserve because I jacked up my side. And now I'm, you know, now it's we're 2019. <laughs> yeah. no, it's like, like, 2021, hey, we might be able to. Do we see how the snowball rolls, though? <laughs> and then, like, then as the realtor, I ended up being the one that's like, great. Now I'm. Now this I've guy can't it. sell my house. And yeah, what are you doing? Well, I gave you everything that you needed to do, right? Or or they come in after the fact and maybe they just meet you. Well, can you come sell my flip? Come look at it. And then you start talking to them and you're like, wow, you sank a lot into this. Do you know? I, I've done that for people. I've gone in. I, they, oh, someone gave me your number. Come out and look. I start looking, I start dialing in the numbers, and I'm like, man, you still got a ways to go. How much are you in for this for? Do you, this is what it's worth. And they're like, man, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just hoping that it would. And like, just hoping, if you ever say you were just hoping, just hoping. at any point in this process, you're doing it wrong. You should never just hope. Like, everything should be 
nailed down to the T because there are going to be unknowns and you are going to spend more money than you need to. So What's you a good number for them up. to over? I mean, I, uh, to help them, we use a percentage, but what, what's a good percentage they should overage that they should be thinking I of? always, I always figure I'm going to spend 10% more than, than I think I'm going to spend because I always miss something or something ends up costing more. And I've, I've been off before. By I love like, everything we can say can go back to number one. It's like, and because expectations i mean i was a hundred percent over on rosewood right thankfully the market That's came up so much yeah. that was an anomaly almost every other time we nail our numbers and i can almost Jared always on figure a beach drinking a mai tai texting me about a house he just bought that he hasn't seen so <laughs> yeah i was like this one's gonna be great while Good luck with that one well i'm eating yeah i think i was eating sushi in tokyo at that point i don't even know i was either there in thailand i don't know but i got back and looked at it i was like this that is... house turned out awesome though, it did so, turn out yeah. awesome it was a great house for somebody the pictures weren't that great <laughs> it, it turned out very very good so cost of funds know what it's going to cost you right. that goes back to knowing your numbers and last because we're at 45 minutes so we're going to wrap this thing up soon nice last but not least you've been wanting to talk about this How the whole time that we just checked our time because the number five number five mistake is going to be timing you they, have to take in consideration so many different timing and if you've ever watched one of our episodes you know that jared davis is about to be triggered because I'm going to say a word that makes him crazy. It's about timing. Jared Davis, talk to us about permits. Oh, oh man. His favorite thing. Why do? How can permits affect your timing? First, let's say or if you're local here, what's the difference between permits of Chesterfield County versus Richmond, Virginia? I'm, City. I, right now, I'm counting my words because there's like there's threats I want to make with fire and stuff. And I think it's like felony <laughs> don't if do you that. even make threats. Don't don't threaten so government. Just, government. I'm, just, I'm trying to like agencies and officers. Yeah, trying to be like super cool about it. We will edit myself <laughs> yeah. off of this we video. Just, yeah, yeah, we just cut this out. <laughs> so here's the issue: if you need a build permit. I'm not talking about a trade permit, like you're going to put in some recess lights, but if you're actually going to knock out a wall or you need something structural, or you're going to do an addition or you're whatever, doing a bump out, anything that's extensive. And one thing I've realized about new investors is they will send you the junkiest houses and there is no metric to them on like the difference between like an easy turnaround flip and something that's yeah. going to be like a gut job. But if you're going to gut and redo everything, you're probably going to need a build permit. And in the city of Richmond, you're looking <laughs> at probably two to three months right now for a permit to come through. It's such a funny contrast. Like Chesterfield. I got my build permit in Chesterfield and Smoke Tree in two days. You get on there, there's a lady named Gladys or something and they're just like, hey, yeah, sure, whatever, now, sure. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not perfect, but it's but, a funny comparison. The, the, the thing is, though, that people get in and permits is perfect. We'll, we'll finish out permits and we'll talk about some other timing things. But they think they're going to buy this house and they're like, I could probably be done with this house in a month or two. And, and, and I'm not saying every investor is like this, but again, even just expectations and not knowing, most of them have no idea. So most of the time, if you're new, you're just even scrambling to find contractors up front anyways. You're like, I need quotes. So let's say you start to get your permit, but now you got to wait three months to start. I mean, that's a long time that you're sitting in. Again, if your cost of funds is on hard money, now you're just sitting there on this house that you're paying hard money on. Nothing's happening. You're just waiting and waiting and you waiting. you got to get re-quoted a lot of times with the contractors. Well, and that's the thing. If they turn down your permit, then you got to go back in the queue and make whatever changes they need. So it, it may not take another three months to turn around, but if you wait two or three months and then you got to go back in, you may wait another five, four, six weeks. You know what I mean? So that right there, if it ends up costing you another six grand in hard money before you even start the job, you know that's going to start eating away at your profit, especially if you started to get realistic expectations, not a hundred grand in profit, but you're like, all right, I'm going to make 30. And then you eat six grand in three months. Now you're down to 24, right? That starts to really hurt you. Then you got to figure, all right, for these same permits, because we're on permits, yep. I have to actually get the permits approved or, or, or like I actually have to pass. And then you realize that the county, city, I don't care where you're at, they don't care to pass you. That is not their goal. Their ultimate goal, you would think, would be, I don't want to have to come back to this house anymore, so let's get this done and help. That is not their goal. I'm not saying there aren't some people in between that are very helpful. I've, very, got, a, yeah. I've, I've got a guy at Henrico that he's awesome. He's been super helpful. I, I tell him all the time, like, you're unlike any of the other permit inspectors that I've met. You're, like, willing to take my calls and like help the other girls. and meet me. Yeah, exactly. You're not like the other girls. But 
most of them aren't like that. So you leave out a lockbox code. Most of the counties or cities, they don't call you and tell you when they're coming to inspect. So you either have to have somebody on site all day. That's, you know, 10 hours pretty much to just wait to see if they come out. Unless it's you. I mean, like, who's doing that for free? Nobody. Or you hope, like, please, I hope they please call me before they come out. And then they don't. And he so just then, used the hope words. So you know how that's going to go. Exactly. Which goes terribly. And then they say, oh, you didn't give us the contractor code when you ordered the permit. And we're not going to call or email you even though you put it in the notes and put all of your stuff there. So we just fail you. So then you go back in the next day and you put in your lockbox code. Again, they don't tell you when they go out. They go out. They don't help you again. They say, oh, well, we see you added one recessed light that you didn't put on the scope of work. Didn't change the cost, didn't change the permit cost, but we're going to fail you until you fill out paperwork at the county that says that you're going to add this recessed light, right? So that right there, you know, you could wait a month, two months, three months, get a build permit, and then spend another two or three months failing inspections over and over again and let me tell you if you're if you're good at this maybe you're listening to me and you're like this guy just doesn't know what he's doing you're right it sucks most of the time <laughs> i don't know a lot of the stuff we're doing because a lot of it's trial and error it's different things it's and like, if you do know feel free to reach out to us <laughs> yeah, if you know who to call to give get us the golden through. ticket please but but the thing is we're talking about new investors so i'm not new at this i've done over 50 some properties yet every time there's something different Absolutely. you know oh flashing's different on this one oh this footing is different on this one right it's a different a different setup each time so if you're new and you don't know yeah expect to fail a lot of inspections inspect just to fail the order of operations i will have a county person tell me order it this 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 and then this and then i'll go out and order it and the inspector comes out and says why do they tell you that you have to order it this, i don't know this, this, i love this, that this. that's my favorite one. like i don't know why they told you that i'm like so many times i don't know why don't you talk to them so many know. times you guys work in the same office yeah i don't oh, know they told you that. i did framing a while back on one i was like shouldn't i do this other stuff first and they're like no order the framing then order this and the framing guy got out and he was like dude your mechanical's not passed your electrical's not passed and I'm like, I don't know. I guess her reasoning is she thought the framing needed to be in before I could cut into this stuff. And they're like, no, that doesn't make any sense, right? So that's, gosh, permits could be a whole other podcast. So the next thing, all right, we got our permits. All right, so now the thing is your contractors and lining yep. them up. Because again, why, most, hey, why, why, why do I have to even line them up? Why can't I just get them all there at the same time? Like, I want to get my painter there. I want to get my flooring guy there. Why can't, what's the issue? Everything is in order of operations. So if this is your first flip, you can get a pretty decent order probably in your head, but it does get, you'd be amazed at how confused you can get, honestly, trying to get everything lined up and you think, oh, the plumber could probably come in and do this, but, you know, then somebody gets in and says, oh, well, you know, the plumber can't get in yet, or, the, you know, we can't put purple board up in the bathrooms for your new tile because the plumber hasn't moved this fixture, but that guy still has to come back after to do finishing, so you've got, like, your rough-in You've got your finishing. The electrician, same thing. You know, Sometimes they come back. They, they paint, come back. and now my electrician's got to go pull out, you know, drywall to put in a new wire, put in a new light, and now it's like, oh, well, now I need the painter to come back so that he can re-drywall stuff and repatch, right? So everything is order of operations, and then what you realize that in this busy, busy market, are we still good over here, Mike? You got a screensaver going, just making sure. Um, in this busy market, right? Trying to get contractors lined up, trying to get them to show up, trying to not get them to do it right. And then just trying to make sure, okay, well, if my floor guy can come in this week, that means I've got three weeks to get all this other stuff done if he's last, right? But now if my paint guy pushes back two weeks because he's busy, well, now everything else isn't going to line up. And if it takes longer, what does that do for your hard money? For those who are just keeping more. up, and your And your more. utilities are going to go up, right? More utility bills, more insurance bills, your, your tax taxes. bills, right? You pay your taxes at close, and you think you're good, and then you're not done for six months, and guess what? You get a new tax bill. So now you get to pay another thousand bucks in taxes, right? Congratulations. So all of these things with the timing is crucial. Timing is such a big one. I mean, my tile guy is supposed to start on a job Monday and he's having a baby now and he's got to go to Florida. For some reason, his wife's in Florida. It's weird. I don't even know. But he's going to be gone. So now that pushed my tile off a week. So I've been rushing to get this tile done or everything else done. But my plumber, he was supposed to show up three weeks ago, and he never did. So you're talking like, all right, you've pushed me three weeks back on plumbing, so my painter's been waiting to put up this purple board just until that happens. The rest of the house is painted. My tile guy can't start until the purple board goes in, but now he's delayed a week, right? So you have a job that ideally should have taken us four to five weeks that will now take us probably nine weeks. So for, for this one, it's cash. It's not that big of a deal. But if we were on hard money, this would have cost us probably another $3,000. So again, if your numbers were right and you had... 30,000 in margin in there, 40,000. Well, now you just lost three grand, right? So that timing is crucial. 
speaking of timing, I was just sending a text message to a client. I was like, ooh, I was like, did the carpet people show up on time? Because that is the big one that we're always worried about. Timing. That's well, it. You know, you, you said something that makes me, uh, I don't know, is it you and I, are we just so time focused? Like we had the sales meeting the other day and he was like, what's the number one pet peeve that Galen and, and Jared have? Punctuality. And everyone was like, you're like, punctuality, showing up on time. I was like, when people don't show up on time, not, mm. I very rarely do I get angry, but that one will make me see red. Like a I really get angry too. And had a cat. I'm like, whew. Yeah, you really get angry. <laughs> I was like, you're always angry. I live angry. I'm never It's angry, the only but. way we get stuff done. Like, you try to be nice and everybody just screws you over. See, that's like a little bit different because it's like people show, I just show up, people assume I'm angry. They're just like, I, I mean, yeah, and then and then even on the timing thing, I guarantee you going into this, you're gonna have contractors that do stuff wrong. You're gonna have to fix it. You're gonna have to fire. We even contractors. talk about the time like when, when contractors do things wrong because you're just like, well, you're a professional, you know. And then it's like even when they do something wrong, they're like, oh, I didn't realize I should have done it this way. And you're like, and then you they should, ask you, you should have told me. What do you? How do you want me to do it? How should yeah. I do it? And you're like, what? No, the best one is like they do something wrong. They're like, well, I'm gonna need some more money. I'm like, what? Oh yeah, or they're like, we're gonna yeah, you're gonna have to pay for all the materials and like labor to get this redone. I'm like. You did it wrong. You, like, you did it wrong. I gave you a scope of work. You did the scope of work wrong. And and just get ready because that contractor is then not going to make it right because he's like, I can't do this for more money. You've already maybe paid him or given him a deposit or given him something, right? And you think it's just so easy to just get your money back or go to court. It's not. That guy's going to disappear. He's gone. So now you go hire a different framer that's licensed and whatever, all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and then that guy doesn't show up. He tells you the work's done, but then it never even starts it. So then what do you do? Well, thankfully, I didn't pay him any money. But what did I just lose? Three more weeks. Three more weeks. So now I got to go hire another window guy that comes and half does the job. Hopefully never it's cash. Never asks for any. It's not. No, some of them don't even ask for money. I've got. Stuff no, I'm that's... saying like you're you're hopefully you're funding this with cash as if it's hard money. Oh like, yeah, your hard money lenders like yeah yeah. No, sure, actually, take, for that for time. that for Chapel Chapel is not. So that one is we are floating. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, take take all the time you need. <laughs> yeah, so we've gone through three siding guys on Chapel. One one now our windows are Second wrapped framer. on the on the bottom third framer. Third framer. Windows are done on the bottom, but not the top. So now it's like, do I hire a fourth window? guy to come wrap two windows or do we just try to get this guy back out right all of these things are the living nightmare of flipping houses that can make you owe so much money if you have the skin for it and the gusto for it proper and the expectations expectations and the numbers and the source of funds and you're willing to jump into it and we can help you with all of these things that's it all of it is just a matter of education the, the ability of someone to do something and not do this because they don't know how we can clear that we can close that gap for you we do this in our sleep so if you need contractors, if you need funds, if you need realtor help, if you just need guidance, if you need to know what are realistic expectations, right? You know, Galen, you'd mentioned something before the podcast. Um, you know, sometimes it's like, should you do it alone, right? You know, right. You, you may need a partner. You honestly. definitely can. But if it's your first one. You may want somebody that knows more than you. Yeah. Right? I mean, it just, it always helps to have someone to fall back on so that you're not the guy. Because again, I've brought new people in to watch because they want to learn how to flip. So I'm like, well, come to the house so you can look. And by the end of it, they're like, you told the contractors what to do way more than I thought they were going to tell you what you needed to do. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's. Yeah, there's very few enterprises where you're like, it's the best idea if you've never done it to go and buy yourself. You don't see like the first time heart surgeons like, you know what? I'm just going to like, no, there's yeah. usually a more skilled, experienced person that's working with them. So. And the thing is, it's totally. Unless different. you're a photographer. Then you just, then you just do whatever. Just whatever. Just close I mean, your eyes. Get a camera phone. <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> day. At the end just of the day. You think like if you're a realtor, flipping houses is a totally different scene. But like plenty of realtors are like, oh, I can flip houses. But it's totally different. That's why realtors call me all the time for help. But then on the flip side, you also have like your subs. So you get a guy that's like, oh, I'm a good framer. I paint. I can flip. And then they try to flip. But then it's the same principle. Like you realize all of these things just came into play. Like you may be a great painter. But like, who's your roof guy? Who's your window guy? Who's your plumber? Who's your electrician, right? Where's your source of funds? My buddy. Everything factors in. This in itself is a business. And even if you're a class A contractor that, that actually contracts jobs for people, you realize when it's your house that you're flipping, it's still another layer because you're used to just going out to a house and saying, 10,000 bucks, I'll give you a new roof and new gutters and we'll do some of this stuff. And they know their profit and they do it and they get it done. When you own the house and now it's a timing thing, right? Because when you're that contractor and you screw the homeowner on three weeks of delays and stuff like that, it doesn't cost you anything, right? But then when you get into a now flipping yourself, now you're the guy that's getting like, Wait, delayed. Wait, what? Wait, this is going to cost me another month of this? This is going to cost me that? Oh, this is going to delay these people? So it, this is a whole other division, no matter what you're doing. So if you're in this business and you're already flipping a bunch of houses, you probably didn't just listen to this podcast. 
Or, or you did, and you were like, he's right about everything. You patted yourself on the back, and he's like, I'm doing it right. Yeah, or, again, you're listening and saying, I want to get into this. Or maybe we've sent this to you because you've sent us some crazy requests or whatever, and we said, you should listen to this podcast. That's what I'm going to start doing. I've been sending out our vlogs on Burring to everybody lately. I'm going to start sending this podcast out. So if you need help with flipping, if you need help with investing, if you need anything real estate related, if you have a flip that's ready to sell, call me or Galen. You can reach me at 804-536-6100. You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore the Davis Group. And you can find Galen at 804-274-9016. Or you can find me on Instagram naturally at live, learn, love, <laughs> RVA, um, or you can just Google Galen Parker Real Estate. I finally cracked the Google, uh, I guess the, huh, the, nice. the algorithm. I am now the top Galen Parker that you'll find. Plenty of pictures, plenty of links, plenty of houses that we've got listed. Find us on YouTube as well, the Davis Group. Subscribe. You can watch all of our podcasts here. You can watch our vlogs. You can watch uh, our food fight, agent interviews, agent our food interviews. fight, tons of content. Subscribe. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to learn on this next podcast coming up. We love your feedback. We thank you for listening. And again, this has been another episode of RVA Real Estate Talk with Jared Davis and Galen Parker. Thanks for listening, guys. If you have a real estate question that you would like to ask Jared or Galen, reach out to them at jared at centralvarealty.com or galen at centralvarealty.com. Who knows? It may even be featured on an upcoming episode. 